everyday, ordinary people living extraordinary lives. For the next few minutes, join me as I introduce you to some of them. But when ain't nobody telling you that your books is trash and you got good books, you, you start feeling yourself, you know what I mean? I'm B. Moore, and welcome to Conversations. As a child, my niece wants to ask me to tell her a bedtime story, and without a book available to me, I made one up. She enjoyed it so much that I spent much of her childhood telling her that same story. My next guest not only tells stories, but he writes novels. And not only does he write novels, he publishes them. Deshaun Fair, um, known in Syracuse as the author, and that's T-H-A, capital A, U-T-H-O-R, and it's the author. The author, okay, alrighty. Well, I wanna welcome you, Deshaun, to Conversations, and it's my honor to have a conversation with you today. Thank you, appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, I know that you are a writer, you're, as you said, the author. How did you discover writing? I actually I was an avid reader as a teenager, and the books never told the story that I wanted to read. It was like, as I read a book, I was trying to force words on the pages so it could fit what I wanted to read. And as you get older, you notice that you can do what you set your mind to. So I'm like, I could write a book. It, it went from impossible to possible, and it was amazing. So I was like, that's a challenge. And it just turned into something. Wow, that's awesome. So you were reading, and you were basically like kind of critiquing and editing. Yeah, and, and really like wanting. Adding stuff and like make this happen. It didn't happen in the book, but that's what I wanted to read. Like, so I made my own book so I could read what I want to read. Will I write what I want to read? Sure, sure. So I know that you, you know you came up with a love of reading, and I know that you've gone through some things in your life, and you know like some twists and turns, and not so much to to focus on those events, but in terms of you know how you were able to basically take events in your life that could have propelled you in one direction and turn it around to propel you in the direction that you're going in now. I'd like you to speak to that. As a teenager, you have an identity crisis or you go through an identity crisis where you're trying to fit into a certain peer group. So I chose the street kids because they had the most exciting lives to me. And that's what I surrounded myself by and I took part in those activities. But eventually you turn into consequences. So I had to face the consequence, which is very drastic because it's a serious situation. And upon facing those consequences, it didn't add up to me. So I had to look for another avenue to entertain myself. And that's when I looked around Syracuse. I seen there was a lot of entertainers and rappers and DJs and party promoters. So I wanted to stand out because I was looking for an avenue so I don't go back to the former lifestyle, which was my current lifestyle. I was looking for another direction to follow. And that's when I just like, why not books? Like, cause you know, books is not really popular in the sense of I write a book or I'm, I'm reading a book. So I never looked at that as a avenue. 
but I always loved reading. I was, that was what I did on my own time outside of whatever else I do. So I just wrote a book and I had a love for the streets, like not so much as like the negative activities that take place, but just like the freedom of it. And I wanted to show a light that is family in these environments and is everything that you get at home in these environments is just a negative stuff is going on, but the same activities is taking place. And that's what I wanted to write about, to shine light in Syracuse, and that's what I wrote. And I write fiction, so I was able to say whatever I wanted to say because it ain't real. It's all made up. Interesting, interesting. But you have to, those things have to be based on life experiences and certain truths that you've either experienced in your own life or seen through the eyes of someone else's life. Is that correct? Um, yeah, I guess I say like events that had happened in my life personally that triggered it was being outside at a young age in a dangerous situation and you thinking to yourself, yo, my parents don't even know I'm outside. Like, I snuck out and it's a dangerous situation and you, you hear, you know what I mean? It's like, ain't no plan. You you a teenager and you drinking with a, a adult male. He probably like 30 years old. You like 15, 16. And I used to just like, not so much scare myself in fear, but scare myself in reality. Like, yo, this could have happened. This could have happened. And you know what I mean? And then you go into jail and you experience in jail. And after a while, I was like, I mean, the story plays out on its own. So I, I just see myself as a leader. I never had a follower's trait. So I just said, I'm done dealing with this uh, gang life activity and I'm gonna do something else. And the gang life showed me how to hustle and bustle and talk to people and have no fear of any situation that occurs. And I just jumped and that's it. Well, so, so in your writing, who are you trying to speak to and what might be the overall message that you're conveying in other words, are you trying to reach like individuals like yourself who was susceptible to you know the street life and may not have been as fortunate as you and may have gone through um, you know other things in terms of maybe even um, being incarcerated or you know or really coming to you know near death situations and things of that nature to try to turn their lives around or what, who are you trying to speak to? My initial target was high society. I always thought that my society, like the middle class, lower class, the, you know, the common folk wouldn't be interested in it. So I was aiming for the high society that only based activities off of the news reports and the newspaper. So I was thinking in my head, if I could write a book, I could let them see that it's a reason for all this stuff. So I I put that message in there. And then I added graphics for a teenager who might read my book, who was like me, was intrigued by the street life. 
like when that pull got you, it's hard to get away. So I, I make it sound so good. But then once you get drawn into it, I make it crash so hard. So I could probably scare you to like, yo, don't go outside, like for real. Because you're going to see everything that you're about to see is going to be amazing. But look what just happened to him. Like, you know what I mean? And that's what I just try to get. Those are my main two. Like, I just want uh, um, Syracuse higher ups to, like, don't look at our urban locations down on them. You know what I mean? Like, is a person who's homeless who joined a gang and now he had a family. He never had a family before. You had a family your whole life, but he never did. Now he do and then to the teenagers, like, don't let your your surroundings intrigue you because, yo, this going to get real. And then you, a live person, so you got to face that. Yeah, yeah. So tell me and tell us, Deshaun, about your creative process in terms of, you know, you, you are starting with a blank sheet of paper and you mm-hmm. got to turn that sheet of paper into a novel. And, and let's... Let's clarify this because you've done this not just once. You you've created numerous novels, so you've been able to. You, you're quite accomplished at what you do. Yeah. Well, for me, a new novel is like a challenge because you got to keep up current. So I just look around my city, like social media. What's what's the most common thing trending on social media? What are people talking about the most? Because on social media, like like Facebook, for instance. A person to say how they really feeling, and they just making a post. But they could say like they getting abused or they doing this or this. So I just take what's most common. My romance novel, it was a boom in the medical field, but every dude was a street dude. But girls in the medical field had street boyfriends, so I just took that and I melted it together and I made a book called Why I Love You, and she's a RN and he's a kingpin. But he protect her, so she don't know what he do, and he support her. So it's like, you some girls in real life just go to work and they are in, but they do it outside doing some crazy stuff. But when they come together, she his peace and he her peace. And people who only know him from one side is like, oh he bad, but you know what I mean. When they together, she don't see that. So that's what I made my book, and I just write. And how I start is I just create something exciting in my head like like a, a boom moment like a carnival or something and then I just once it's in my head I write it down like what's happening like they walking into the carnival and then with telling a story or even telling replaying what happened in your life it shows in your brain so all I do is just write what I see and I just keep writing and then I try to get exciting and when I stop seeing stuff, I just stop writing. And then I go back, I read the last two sentences, I see what's going on, and it's showing my head, and I just write. And the hardest part is getting everything that you see in your head on paper, because you gotta really slow yourself down to describe one thing, but one thing described could be like four pages, and you just describing one scenery, but you got all that's going in your head, like, yo, this is mad hype, and you trying to put it on paper. And then I read back, and I'm like, oh, shoot, like, this is crazy. Okay. I mean, and that's all I do is just tell a story in my head. No, that's great. What what inspires you, Deshaun, in terms of your writing? I mean, I know it sounds like there's a lot about the street life, but it sounds like there could be a lot of things that inspire you. So tell me and tell us 
what inspires you to write? Making it out. I mean, like, my teenage years, like, I, I come from a really good family. You know what I mean? Like, going to church four times a week, good family. Like, curfews and chores, good family. So, when I was dodging in the street activity, I couldn't ever bring it home because home don't accept that activity or that life or that. So, it's like, you're living two lives as a teenager and didn't even notice. It was just like, go outside with your friends, but you come home, yo, these are rules that you have to follow. So, I always had structure. So, growing up, I always had structure. So, I always been a thinking man. So, once I started to do this, I started to learn, like, I got a platform. So, I just brought reading back. Like, that was my thing. I'm bringing reading back. And I'm I'm the reading person. No, nobody want to read books. ain't popular, but I'm in your face, like, super confidence. What? Yeah, books. What up? And you, you got no stress up to love because my energy real. So then I just made a kids event and I'm like, I'm about to do this based all off books. Like, what up? We coming. This is books. And, you know, it popped and it became successful. And kids walking away with books and then I'm organizing it and I don't even see half of these people. And I go on Facebook and I see all these like, what? Like, I didn't even see. But you started to see when you loaded the, the books to come there, you had two cars. But you go on back, you got one car. So you're like, oh, shoot, like, you really sold a lot of books. Well, not sold, but, like, gave away a lot of books. Okay. Okay. So who do you read? Who, who, who do you um, reference, get inspired I, I like, by? I like all kind of books, but my number one, my number two books was The Diary of Maddie Spencer. I don't know that author, but it's, like, a Western going over, traveling the West, you know what I mean? And... The other one is Hood by Nori, and that's like the inner city streets ghetto. Like, and that was anything I wanted to read. So, those are my favorite two books. But um, the author Terry Woods, I text her. She like a famous person, and I text her, and she responds to my emails. And K. Wan, he a, another established author with like a lot of books and years. And he responds to me on Instagram. And, like, I'm, I always got into it in the business side. Never as an author, I don't want to get signed. I wanted to sign people. So you, you could never turn nobody down. Like, my book good enough? I don't know, but we're going to do this. And if you sell it, you sell it. So I just go to them, too. And any questions I got, they answer for me. Do you ever get any type of critique on your writing style um, or any type of uh, any input from from any of these individuals and would they even be willing to to read your material um well Kwan he read it and terry Woods she just like answered questions for me and respond back if i have an inquiry so like i don't i don't like to waste their time so if i can't figure it out that's why i'll go to so that they hardly hear from me but throughout my writing career the only thing I got was like like just find better editors, like find better editors. But like I never had negative complaint and that builds confidence. And at one year it built cockiness and I had to like really get chastised of like, yo, you gotta chill, like I mean but when ain't nobody telling you that your books is trash and you got good books, you, you start feeling yourself, you know what I mean? And so I just had to own that and put it in the right Aspect, so I could make the best out of it. I know that you have won awards for 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 your work. So, and you can tell our audience, you know, some of the awards that you've won. To date, I got 
author of the year by Syracuse News Times. I got um, a book club I started, well, not started, but like I popped off at Fowler High School and I gave them a plaque for it and they did a book club of my book. And I got two kids events that I did uh, for the youth. We gave away like over 2,000 books. It was a lot of books. Um, I got a lot of amazing supporters and volunteers who helped me for that. Um, I got a lot of like four years of believing Syracuse. I was a frontline volunteer with them and newspaper articles, Father of the Year by the Stand paper, uh, two articles in the Post Standard, um, a lot of mini interviews and radio stations in the Bronx, radio stations in Manhattan, connections in LA. It's just, it's a lot of little small stuff, like little tiny stuff, but if you want to take a picture, you could take some pictures so you could feel good about it. Nice. No, that's awesome, though. I mean, it, uh, those little things add up. You know? Yeah, it that, builds confidence. Definitely. No, that's great. And if you're just joining us, welcome to Conversations. I'm your host, Be More, and my guest for today is Deshaun Fair. And uh, we're talking about uh, his publishing and his literary works. You know what? I I asked you to do this, and and um, I want people to get a sense of, you know, what your books are like, what it would be like to read at least a snippet, you know. And I think that it would be really nice for people to listen and hear a portion of your work. So if you would please uh, set it up for us and the scene or whatever you got to do, and and read a few lines of of your work, if you would. All right. In, in my my fifth book, just like the one coming out, uh, should be coming out this year. I don't want to put like a date on it because then you got to stand by it. So it's coming out 2019 sometime. And it's called Madness, D15, Part 2. And what it is, it's my fifth book. So I said this is my first circle that I went around. So I made my first book, Madness, D15, which was my bestsellers to date. And I acknowledged that book, and I made a part two to it because I didn't know what to write about. So this is a piece from this book. And what's happening in the book is it's two brothers, and one brother passes away in part one. So part two, this is like the funeral. This is the other brother coping with his new life. The father, he's in jail, and the mother, she's on drugs, but she's on drugs in a major way. So... What happens in this section is like the mom gets some fake drugs and she has an overdose, but at the same time, unknown to her, like 2.30 and 2.30 in two different locations, but at the same time, the brother, the little brother is being buried in a gang that they join is, is their family. So they're the ones hosting everything, but this is just like tight both of them together and the mother she had a negative impact throughout the book so when the brother passed away I decided to close the mother's character as well and create some positivity for the main character here on out so this is when the mother overdoses and the brother is at the funeral it says unbeknownst to the world at the same moment the mother took her official last breath 
as a human being. Her baby boy had dirt thrown on his beautiful casket, eternally resting. The crazy part is, the older brother, who was the only surviving family member, was the one holding the single shovel. Get it? Yeah. You had another portion that you would, would you like oh. to read that one as well? Uh, sure. You had to set that one up though too. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, this this second part is the brother, the older brother. It's the day of the funeral, so he waking up in the middle of the night, and he's like, reality hit him. So, this is that part. Okay. From the same book. It's okay. just a different... I try to get two different pieces so you could paint a different picture. Certainly. Go, go for it. It says, For some strange reason, I woke up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Something I never did before. The feeling of total relaxation came over me, like the warmth from a mother's touch. A feeling I have not experienced in years or in my lifespan, to be honest with myself. Unable to drift back off to sleep, I rolled over on my left side, still lying in bed, as I cuddled my covers tight. With the memory of knowing today I will be putting my little brother down for eternal rest, might be the source of me waking up this early, beating the sunrise, fighting to remove the thoughts of today's event. I took in slowly yet soft breaths in the hope of going back to sleep would seem more like throwing a penny in a well instead of reality. Hi, I'm Brian Moore, owner of More About You, the producer of conversations with yours truly, Be More. First, I'd like to thank you for listening to our program. But secondly, I'd like to call something to your attention. Just like my guest, I believe that many of you listening have incredible life stories to share. You see, More About You was started on the simple belief that everyone, and I mean everyone, has a story to tell. Unfortunately, many of those stories are lost and never shared nor passed down to future generations. More About You can help preserve those personal tales in ways that can be enjoyed in the present and also used to educate in the future. I invite you to go to my website, www.moreaboutyou.com, to see how I've done this for others. And you can call me at 315-863-2466 to discuss how I can do the same for you. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. Now, back to conversations. You've decided to go down the road of self-publishing, and why did you decide to to self-publish your work? Well, my first book, I had got uh, published like nine months after it came out. It was like um, a freelance publishing company had assigned me. And it was a bad experience because they control everything and I wasn't getting no money. And then you start to learn that the literacy agent get a cut, the publisher get a cut, you get what's left over. But I'm like, why get what's left over when you don't want to provide the work? And you got to take in consideration. I was a hustler for a majority of my teenage years to this point. I'm like 21, 20 at this time, but I've been hustling for a year. So I know how to get it if I got to get it. So I'm like, instead of giving the publishers all my money, I just stop the book. Like, I ain't printing no more. I ain't selling no more. If y'all sell them, then I take a cut. But I'm not about to grind no more, so I wrote another book. Y'all don't own this. So I wrote the second book. I Googled how to be a publisher. I went to libraries. I got a checklist. 
and I just went off the checklist and everything that's needed, the EIN number, the lawyers, the accountants, the distribution to sell the books. And I, you learn as you go, but behind me, I was even a trail. And then when I got to the last dot and I was like, I'm done, I just went to a financial advisor and they just told me like, you got a publishing house. So I'm like, all right, I'm ready to do business now. So they was like, you need work. I said, I got a book done. Like what? Like it's my book, but it's my company too. You know what I mean? And I, I printed it out through the company. Everything went the financial way for the company and the legal way was the company name. And I just had my books now and I just kept doing it. And as I started doing it, I started learning more and more and sharpening my skills. And now I'm at the point in my career six years later that I'm confident. Like I, I got it. Like ain't no doubts no more. So that's awesome. That's awesome. What have been some of your learnings going through that experience of, of um, self-publishing? Business should be always taken serious. You are your brand. You are what you leave with the person. So every encounter you live with, leave with a person speaks volumes to you. I had to learn that. I had to learn public image. When you start to get noticed everywhere you go, you can't do certain things no more. I got caught at Kinko's drunk one time and it was a a woman of my skin color and she's respected in Syracuse and she see me and I'm printing flyers at like 10 o'clock at night and she come in there and she gave me an auntie talk, like a real auntie talk. So after that, you know, I listened to my elders and I had to take it very serious. Like you really can't do anything cause that and don't fake business. Don't take the cheap way out. And if something go wrong, always say that I did it. Like don't never shy from it. Always take it. Cause the consequence could be less when you just admit in the beginning and then it's only business so they ain't gonna do nothing that bad to you, you know what I mean? That past life was criminal. You know what I mean? That was jail. So now it's just like, oh I ain't dealing with you no more or your prices are going up or this this contract is canceled. So just always admit it from the jump, like I did it, I was wrong. And sometimes in most cases they, they give you a lesson and people in higher ups, they wanna mentor you. So I listen and I I do my homework and I don't play and then they see that they like you and they, they keep you closer and then they keep you closer you learn more but I don't waste their time and I work so oh, that's great that's great so Deshaun what would you say to any aspiring writers that may be listening in terms of advice that you could give them as far as, as their writing is concerned um, writing as a fictional author I feel that it is best to keep your personal life anonymous while still painting the picture that you want to get across. So like example, if you've been involved in a, let's say you write in an urban up like me, a, a gangland fighting when it was just a, a all out brawl, you know exactly what happens in that scenario. You know exactly what's happening in that time. When I mean, you lived it, let's say you was like 13 years old, you lived it. Now, when you're writing, you don't tell, you don't expose, you don't, you keep that whole situation hidden, but you can still say the the intense and the, the blood and, you know, the heightening and how the police come and how you're running and you could trip over air. Like, you can mention key points but not seeing something that an incriminator friend 
uh, that can strike an investigation, that can bring up old memories to somebody or lead to new details. You just keep it all the way fake. Like anything that's real life, don't mention it. If you experienced it and you know what you're talking about, pick the finest details so that the person who lived it, they can relive it through your details. As a final question, what, what would you like to ultimately accomplish, Deshaun, with your works? I want to have Syracuse, New York, biggest publishing house. Like, I want to I have a publishing house so big that New York State officials and those in power see books being pumped out of this little town. And why are all these novels coming from this little town? Because I ain't turning nobody down. If you write a book and you got the money, I'm going to publish it because you got to sell it. So if you don't got the passion to to sell it, it ain't going to go nowhere. But if you got the passion to sell it, you're going to sell, and I'm going to make sure that you're good. You ain't going to go through what I went through. You ain't going to get beat. You ain't going to get business corruption, all that. Like, I experienced that. I ain't going to do it to you. So if you're going to eat, I'm going to eat with you, and I'm going to have all the resources that you need because I'm still an author myself. Just follow me on Facebook at DeshaunFair.com. D-A-S-H-A-W-N Fair F-A-I-R on Facebook and Google like Kindle Nook any any platform that you use to read books Google my first and last name well search my first and last name Uh, if you don't want to buy no books you can go to any public library in Syracuse I don't cover every single one and you can get my books for free and if you got volunteering opportunities or a network opportunity, I could sell a book at or something, like, let's network. My guest today has been Deshaun Fair, better known as The Offer. He has books that's coming out that he has written and of a number of novels that he's already been recognized for also with other authors who will be um, publishing their works as well soon to come. Uh, definitely stay tuned in and, and, and check this brother out. Thank you for having some milestone in my career. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you, man. And uh, I wish you. you continued success. Thank you. Deshaun, the offer fair, is always seeking aspiring writers interested in having their works published and can be reached through the various ways mentioned earlier in the program. Conversations is a production of More About You. Join us next time.